Welcome back to The Hurry Up. I'm Will Doubleday. We left off last week with the incredible story of how the ACL, against all odds, emerging from the neonatal canal of professional sports, stood up on wobbly feet of Kickstarter and VC investments and spoke its first three words, fuck you NCAA. My, they grew up so fast. Now? Now all they needed was players. And places for them to play. Believe it or not, the bids came rolling in. It's like we were the goddamn Olympics. I'm getting mayors emailing me with offers to keys to cities I've never heard of, gift baskets full of local delicacies. Somebody sent enough Skyline chili to fill up a corner of my garage. We had a garage full of puke. Cincinnati puke. We were only looking at two things, though. You had to be a big city, and you had to have some kind of college, university, or really fast internet access to an online school that wouldn't immediately scan you. I mean, Chattanooga, Tennessee just got Google Fiber. But I mean, it was Chattanooga, Tennessee. If they met those criteria, Cal and Greg wanted them. Not just that, they wanted to meet them. It's like when any new sports team comes to town and has to win the locals over. Cal and Greg had to dip into some of that sweet seed money, buy some plane tickets, and start scoping out cities in the flesh. They had 12 to narrow down, and it wasn't easy. We went to Miami. Fabulous trip. Fabulous Escalade picked us up at the airport. The seats were filled with what I'm sure is fabulous week-old cocaine. But it just wasn't for us. People are there, sure. They get excited about football, sure. But it's more of a place to go sit on the beach, not in a football stadium. And if we wanted to survive, we needed a fan base. A loyal one. They went to Boston and New York City, and it was love at first sight. Dallas and Houston were on back-to-back days, and it was the big D that won out. They went to Denver, were confronted by a pack of mountain men on the street outside their hotel, who offered them what they described as, quote, weed food. They forgot about their three-hour meeting with the mayor, who also happened to get high and forgot, and they met the next day and shook on it. Seattle, another weed legal state, seemed like the next logical choice. Bill and Melinda Gates greeted us at the airport. That was intense. She was in a suit, and he was in his irremovable sweater vest. I felt like an ass. It had always been a dream of mine to pitch something to Bill and Mel, but I was also still kind of high and very terrified. But without that meeting, we would not be where we are right now. It was the most productive one we've ever had. A few weeks later, they had six cities, six mid-sized stadiums lined up to play in, and six coaches to coach. We had Gruden coaching the New York Lions with Vaynerchuk's money behind them. We had Mariucci at the Fresno Frenzy with Zuckerberg. Deion Sanders took over the Dallas Stallions. Cuban, obviously. And that was two big names away from the NFL Network. A little surprising, to be honest. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck immediately put cash behind the Boston Renegades. They threw up what they called a Hail Mary of a phone call to Doug Flutie, then in retirement, and he took the job. Then a real big name came. One the NCAA probably didn't want them to get. Jim Tressel's head coaching tenure at Ohio State ended on a very sour note. We knew that. We knew we must have had a grudge against somebody there. We called him up, and he didn't let us off the phone. You should have heard some of the stuff he was saying about Ohio State. Some of the admins in college football. That man has seen some shit. We took him to Seattle to coach what would be the Supersonics. Yeah, we brought them back. After Terrell Pryor and Maurice Claret, we thought a brownie or seven would take the edge off that trestle sweater vest. Papa John did apply to own the Denver Blizzard. Hey, that's my team. Go Blizz. And he did make enough trips there with Peyton to fall in love with the city, I guess. 
but his pizza is worse than Skyline Chili and makes me vomit only a tiny bit more. Instead of him, we put the team on Kickstarter again, and now it's owned by 10,000 backers in the state of Colorado. Thank you, Packers, but we boosted your idea. They still needed a coach. And while watching TV one morning over their breakfast cereal, Good Morning America came on. And so did Michael Strahan, looking depressed and disheveled from his many years on morning talk shows. They made a call, and he was in. Don't let that goofy gap to smile fool you. We rang him up, and he was off the air and on the sidelines in a matter of days. Well, not really on the sidelines, because they had coaches, but no one for them to coach. We started looking everywhere. We figured we had an okay chance at some lower-level D1 FCS schools to poach kids with talent, but maybe not the spotlight to get noticed. Funny thing, though. No school was going to let us walk into their stadiums and start poaching players from them. So... We got our name on some lists and got some space at some spring club fairs and just posted up about our hot new club on campus. We might have tweeted at all the football players that they should come down and check us out. We might have tweeted dollar sign emojis. But then campus security started following us at ACL, y'all. So we got chased off more than a few quads. We were actually getting signups, though. So we took it as a very encouraging sign when they started locking the gates on us. Once, they bought a freshman beer to drive them past Oklahoma State's outer security in the back of his Tahoe. Just as they were getting out in the parking lot, though, then came the guards. They were one in men. The old Trojan horse. What are the fucking odds? Cal and Greg tried to go to every school that they could, but it wasn't the only place they looked. They started a website, Squarespace, Build It Beautiful. That's not an ad yet. Call us, please and started collecting every name that wanted to be eligible for the first ACL draft. And please, for the record, state your name. It's Coach Pine. I hate to be a stickler. It's just to make editing easier. Your legal name. <sighs> Coach Pete Pine, asshole. Hey, don't shoot the messenger. I really do need your full legal name. <sighs> I hate you already. Coach Peter Pine. Great, thank you so much. That's Coach Pan. Cal and Greg picked him up in a stroke of good timing. Peter Pan was scheduled to start his first year as head coach of Coastal Carolina. He'd been the offensive coordinator there for years and was expected to take the helm. But the AD changed his mind the week before the start of camp. They were going with a coach from the NFL, fired after a losing season. Pan was at home nursing a buzz when the call came. Not from the school, from Cal and Greg. First off, we know he's a great coach. The news was everywhere. So we realized he probably didn't want to go back as an assistant under that NFL jabroni. So we thought he knew he wanted a job. Also, he'd been fucked over by another part of the NCAA. Well, that sealed the deal right there. He was their director of football operations. Yeah, I needed a job. I wasn't going back there. I was lucky those boys called when they did because I shat in a place of the stadium offices where employed coaches usually do not shat. So I was happy to come on board as the ACL's dofops. He came up with the name, and he was the one that put together the details of our combine. We knew that you had to have a guy there to fire the gun at the 40, and we knew we had to get that thing where you jump and slap the sticks. That was about it. Yeah, Coach, what was that called? The slappy sticks. Pete's job, essentially, was to narrow down the field of 2,600 players that had applied for the six combines, and by careful observation and a little bit of Southern hospitality and Southern comfort, whittle it down to 500. We put the kids through the ringer. Bench press, shuttle run, route running, wander lick, SATs, SAT2s in Spanish. We checked if they could cook a meal, 
because apparently that's a thing that the NFL cares about now. Made them do a book report. Yes, a book report. We accepted a few Harry Potters. We cut a lot of Fifty Shades of Grey. We watched all the film they brought. We talked to coaches, families, friends, petted their dogs. Little by little, Pete managed to pick the best 500. And it was those players that Cal and Greg sent official ACL letters to the would-be semi-professional athletes. YouTube videos sprang up of kids across the country in dorm rooms, driveways, losing their minds and chanting ACL. ACL! Now was time to draft. That meant a stage. That meant the media and bright lights. That meant they needed help. And what happened next, even they did not expect. Look, we believe in second chances. I mean, it's kind of what the ACL is all about. A chance of redemption for these kids. And what happened to Mason Spaulding? We happened to part on rough terms, but we didn't hate the guy. Besides, we thought his little prank at the national championship game was a bit of genius. What Greg's talking about, that prank, landed Mason 18 months in a federal penitentiary. But the same one they had Bernie Madoff in. It serves brunch twice a week. Somehow, Mason had managed to get a watermark on every paper product the NCAA distributed at the national championship game. Every handout in the press box... Every program in the seats, every napkin from the concession stands had an after image of Mason defecating on the NCAA logo. He even managed to get in on the shipment of children's face tattoos. The TV networks couldn't show a single kid cheering all night. How did you accomplish this exactly? Listen, the NCAA is not Fort Knox. There are cracks. There are always cracks. I knew the publishing house they always worked with. I knew they usually put their order in for the national championship game a week in advance, so I bribed one of the women on the cleaning crew to take that night off and dress me up like her little abuelita so that I could at least hide from the cameras. Now all I had to do was pop a thumb drive into one of the printing computers, slap the watermark on the master file, bing, bang, shit on the NCAA's face. Mason was everywhere, from ESPN and TMZ to Pornhub and 4chan. Cal and Greg were deep into early draft preparations when the pictures of Mason's colonic cardstock started trending on Twitter, and they followed the news from there. The FBI obtained security footage of Mason dressed as an elderly Mexican woman hunched over a computer at the publishing house. After a three-week search, they found him in Guadalajara hiding out as the ticket taker at the town cockfighting pit. So yeah, they gave me three months for breaking and entering, a cellmate named Sourdough, and 18 months probation. But it was like Ocean's 11, 13, and, catch me if you can, all rolled into one. Mason's second day in prison, he got a call. The next day, two visitors, Cal and Greg. They wanted to offer him a job. We knew the guy's history. Before the ACL, he was the face of the NCAA. It was a face we wanted to punch, sure, but that doesn't mean he was completely incompetent at his job. No, the NCAA is plenty competent at being awful. So yeah, we figured he had the inside knowledge of how to navigate the media. Navigate the media? Didn't he broadcast to the world himself answering nature's call? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. The enemy of my enemy is the one who would publicize a photo of himself shitting on the NCAA's logo. He was one of the best in the business at dealing with the press, other than this time, and doing what he could to keep players on the up and up, other than this time. We were about to change 500 kids' lives. And we weren't exactly ready to have that entirely on our shoulders. So while we were also a little hesitant about the optics of hiring a felon, is disseminating defecation imagery a felony? We also knew Mason wouldn't fuck up their lives nearly as badly as we could. 
Plus, we didn't hate the idea of firing again if need be. And we don't print out many things at the ACL office. Green workplace. They talked twice a week, as often as the county's visitation rights would allow. And halfway through the sentence, Mason, Greg, and Cal had come up with a roadmap to go from an assortment of kids to ACL draft day. They held orientation sessions on drug policy, media training, financial planning, all the help a rookie with a big contract might need to stay out of visible trouble. They Skyped me from the prison rec room, and I told the draft class that I was the only one to wear orange this year, except for Fresno. Go, friends. Mason was released early, ironically on good behavior, and the three of them were able to get together without plexiglass. It was good timing, too, because draft day was only two weeks away. Mason ran some last-minute crash course training sessions. Coach Pan, the coach who never grew up, attended them all and contributed mostly stern looks. Then, one morning, it was draft day. This week's episode of The Hurry Up is brought to you by Linked Out the only professional networking service composed of professionals who have been fired on the spot. Meet hundreds of former employees just like you who've been fired for stealing office supplies, huffing those supplies in the bathroom, and asking the interns if they're down to clown with you in Elmer's. Share expertise, office hiding places, and moonlight opportunities to support your habit. Linked out, where minimum wage is a raise. 